0: Welcome to the King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at org.
1: Throughout the Lenten season, we are using the text Red Letter Challenge. I pray that you've collected your book and that you are utilizing it uh, every day. Uh, It's relatively easy to go through, and uh, it's actually one of those books that if you're just starting today, you can just start today. This week, we are focusing on a week of being, and a week of being is an opportunity for us to be in the presence of God and to have Christ be the center of our very being perhaps said another way throughout the season of lent it's an opportunity for us to check ourselves to see where we're standing in regards to the cross and all that christ has done for us and so in a week of being what we want to ask ourselves is this is christ at the center
2: of who we are and is he the ruler of our entire life On Sunday at 9.30, we were
1: very close to an altar call, just so you know, as we were rejoicing that God is a God who invites us into being with him. And so there is a point where we do want to ask ourselves, much like an altar call, do we give ourselves to Christ as he freely gives himself to us? Of course, can you imagine an altar call in a Lutheran church? Live streamed. That would have been interesting, just so you know. And the reason, of course, that we're not inclined to do that is because we know that the foundation of the relationship that we have with God is because he has brought it into purpose, not us. And so we rejoice in that gift, but we also have to check to make sure we're utilizing that gift. Here on staff, we use a phrase often, uh, and that is taking in the 360 view of the situation that we're in. Often what happens in in situations in our lives is that, imagine a pizza pie. Uh, We we know this portion of the situation, this slice of the situation. We might even know a quarter of the situation or even half of the situation, but usually there's more to the pie than we actually know that we've given time to investigate. And so as a staff, we're always mindful to say, do I know the 360 situation here that's taking place? Well, the same should be true in our spiritual journeys as well. We get comfortable in our slice of our spiritual journey. This is what religion is. This is what spirituality is. As long as I'm doing these things, then I am blessed by God And I'm living the way that he wants me to live. And although there could be some truth to that, the reality is there's a whole rest of your life that we want to make sure God is present in. So the question for you would be to ask ask you would be this. Is Christ in your work? Is Christ in your play? Is Christ in your love? Is Christ in your friendships? Is Christ in your enemies, your relationship with your enemies? This is what being with Christ means. And, again, lends a good time to look at it. So the text that uh, they give us in Red Letter Challenge tonight uh, by Zach Zender, who uh, may very well be related to Pastor Zender, our second pastor here at King of Glory, because all the Zenders are related to each other in some way uh, in the Lutheran church. Uh, But I don't know how he is, but we'll say that he is. The text that he gives us is this Luke 4 text. So I'd like
2: you to turn in your Bibles to Luke 4. If you need a Bible, there's a cart there. Or just listen, right? So as we read the Luke 4 text today, here's what I'd
1: like you to be listening for. And by the way, for those of you who, who are not accustomed to, to this time in Bible study, although this is a Lenten worship service and a Bible study, interaction is uh, welcome. So uh, please feel free to ask questions, to give thoughts. Uh, and to participate in every way. As we read the Luke 4 passage, what I want you to be listening for, in addition to what is interesting to you, right? I think whenever we read the scripture, we want to see and hear what God is saying to us today through that scripture, so be listening for that. But also, I'd like you to be listening for why Pastor Zender would have this text in a week of being. Why would he have this text in a week of being? What, what from it do we gain with Christ being at the center of who we are? Okay? So I'm going to read it for you, for those who are online, and then we'll open it up for conversation. Okay? Luke 4, verses 1 through 13. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, surprise, surprise, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in the moment of time. And said to him, To you I will give all this authority and all their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so what did you hear? What was interesting to you? And
2: please wait for the microphone so that the people online can hear what you say. Yeah, Krista will be the microphone bearer. Crucifer microphone bearer. Jen, right here. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. They'll work it out back there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. So here is the devil trying to trick Jesus.
1: Uh, I, I'm going to say a step further, if you don't mind, into being someone he's not, right? By falling into these temptations, right? Okay, good.
2: Somebody else, Jim, up here. Perfect. Back and forth. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, What I'm hearing is whatever the devil is saying, Jesus is responding with God's truth.
2: Yeah. The response to the devil is the truth of God's word, right? Clearly someone's not happy
1: out in the the narthex, just so you know. Uh, Yeah, the, the, the devil speaks to Jesus, and in the temptation... Jesus responds with what we would say is the word of life. And we're going to get a little deeper into those words and, and to see really, on the one hand, how, um, how wily the, the devil is and how
2: wise the Lord is. We're going to see this play out there. Somebody else. Well, the verses say that uh, it wasn't just those
0: three temptations from Satan, but during the 40 days in the wilderness, he was under constant temptation by Satan as well.
1: Yeah. This image in my mind, when I hear that, is uh, I think of my children when they were smaller. Dad, 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 right? you ever have that with your with your child or your grandchild they they really want your attention they're persistent uh and i I almost imagine that this that what what Satan was doing was just barreling down on
2: Jesus day in and day out exhausting right Somebody else yes
1: oh uh, let's go to Mike and then to Barbara and I saw someone else Paul oh, okay. All right, so it's,
0: it's a bit of a conundrum, I think. Uh,
1: here we have Jesus,
0: the Son of God, yeah, right? And we have the devil, a fallen angel, as yeah. he's often referred to. Right. How does a fallen angel get to tempt the Son of God?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, so how does a fallen angel get to tempt uh, the Son of God, right? Well, here, we, you give, Mike, you have given me an opportunity to present to you theology. Ready? Uh, Here we see that that Jesus is 100% man. Uh, He's also 100% God, but here we see the humanity of Jesus come to a a fullness that perhaps we haven't seen before. Of course, we see it greatest, right, at the cross, in his death. Um, But what we see here is... I'm going to go here another aspect of God's love for humanity that he would lower himself to this situation for you Barbara
2: I'm trying to say something like that. Uh, here he's being
0: tempted according to his human nature, and it's followed up by saying he was hungry, yeah, so that's that makes the point.
1: right, yeah, then that verse is so powerful. Because um, what Satan does know, or at least uh, comes to some idea, that if Jesus wanted to change that into food, if Jesus wanted Chick-fil-A, he'd have Chick-fil-A. But it was Sunday, so he had to wait a whole other day because they're closed on Sunday. Um, If Jesus wanted to eat, he could eat. But what you see here is the hunger. He was hungry you might say he was starving and um that gives us an indication of the humanity of christ yeah cool.
2: uh we have devil uh offering all these things to jesus but they really weren't his to offer other than the fact that when he fell yeah god said the world is yours right uh so another another Potential trick. Uh, he, he seems to to play on uh,
0: uh, Jesus whenever he's at his lowest. The most poignant one that I
2: remember is when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He asks for his his apostles to to pray with him, yeah. and they fall asleep. Comes kind of rebukes them for that. You can't spend an hour. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> But, and here we are with the lord saying uh, you know if it's your will let this pass from me mhm yeah Not from the temptation absolutely he has been through it all
1: yeah and uh, think i'm sorry go ahead okay.
2: that's that's, that's
1: yeah. basically it and think about your own life right uh when you're most vulnerable it's certainly when satan's going to chime in and do his darndest to take you off course. What's the devil's number one purpose, especially when it comes to Christ? And that is to uh, exploit Jesus. Notice the devil, doesn't, the devil does not argue who Jesus is and what he's come for. He's too, that's a wasted argument for him. Rather, the devil tries to exploit who he is and why he's come, to take him off of that path. Just like the devil's doing that today for you. His number one goal is for you not to have the salvation story. Yes, Joyce.
0: Simply, um, I noticed at the last verse, he departed from him and said, I'll be back.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's, in my mind, you know, we always should be on our guard against the devil. Because he will
1: be back. Sure. And listen, uh, the devil's got nothing to lose because he's already lost. And so he'll work night and day to move you away from what Christ has won for you.
2: David.
0: And I always thought it was interesting the way that uh, the devil uses Scripture as a tool to try and, you know, exploit Jesus and kind of work with the lines the same way he did with Adam and Eve. Yes. To go through, it's, it's, he's wily. It's just like, okay, I'm going to get in there and make you question things because I'm just going to quote it back to you and here's your out. Right. This is
1: what scripture says. Yeah. And and notice how the devil adapts, right? He it's the second time that he uses scripture. So, uh, Jesus is giving him scripture. So Satan says, oh, I got that too. I can use that. We'll, we're going to look a little bit at Psalm 91 and how he misuses that for uh, to, to encounter Jesus. Someone said something interesting this morning that I wanted to share with you, and that was uh, on the hunger piece. Um, he, the, the first temptation of the devil had to do with hunger,
2: and humanity failed. Now here, the first temptation in the wilderness is hunger
1: and Christ succeeds. I thought that was a really insightful uh, moment because all, usually we, we take the event of Jesus in the wilderness and we compare it to the people of Israel in the wilderness. That's usually the comparison. Uh, so it was interesting to go back even further to that moment as well. Pastor Winterhoff and then Bob Silson. Thank you for being at the same table that Krista can just come one place
2: I think a common theme that runs through this,
1: um, that Satan is trying to railroad Jesus and knock him off the tracks right at the very beginning of his ministry. The common theme that runs through it is, Jesus, use your power to serve yourself. Yeah. And
0: our Lord's ministry was, I came not to be served to serve. Right.
1: And um, use your
0: power to serve yourself. Yeah. And that's... Not what he came for at all.
1: Right. In all these instances, he could
2: very easily appease himself, and yet that's not who he is. Yeah. Great. Bob? It's coming. There you go. You know, I I wonder, um, who gave the devil all
0: this glory and authority? In other words, somebody gave it to him. And that seems like a very powerful person or something. (laughs)
2: yeah
1: well, um obviously God is god right and uh but we have to I think we sometimes, as much as I want you all to be mindful of the tempter's power, um it is not greater than the lord's power he the the devil reigns because this is a fallen world, where uh to pastor winterhoff's point where humanity ultimately serves itself so let's go back to the garden again Uh, back in the garden we see humanity wants to be god if you eat of this fruit you'll be like god perfect give me it Uh, let's go the 10 commandments what's the first commandment you shall have no other gods but me but yet we often have other gods but him and those gods ultimately serve ourselves. So the reign of the devil's power is in the fallen world of sin. The devil's been defeated. So uh, his power is limited. He is not God. He does not have the power of God. Uh, but he that doesn't mean that he won't oppress you and work tirelessly to move you off course of what Christ has given. And by the way... One of the things that was revealed to us about the devil in Luke 4 is the subtlety of the devil, right? Uh, Most often, we don't see the devil doesn't, hey, I'm here, everybody, and I'm going to get you. No, it's quiet. It's manipulative, slightly (laughs) passive-aggressive, right? It's using what you know and trust, the word of God, turning it just a little. And I would say that one of the things the devil does really well is, like he does with Christ, he uses
2: your faith against you. Does it all the time. A couple examples. You faithfully prayed to God night and day, and he didn't answer you. You gave all your time to serve those people in need at your church. The last thing God could do is serve you in this situation. Right? This is what he does. This is what he does.
1: You know why I don't go to church anymore? Because that church is filled with people who don't act like
2: church people. <laughs> That's Satan uses that. You really, you really want to go there? Look at them. You, you saw that guy yelling at the Chick-fil-A manager that they weren't open on Sunday. You know what? Because you didn't laugh at that, just a few of you did,
1: I'm going I'm to find a way to get Chick-fil-A in three more times before the end of this day.
2: All right? The Satan's great at that. He's great at that. And we've got to be mindful of it. John.
0: Uh, the repetition of numerology is interesting to me. Yeah. He spent 40 days yeah. fasting. The Jews spent 40 years in the wilderness. They spent 400 years in Egypt. And the, the numerology as it repeats itself through the Bible is very interesting.
1: Absolutely. There could be. That is something that Pastor Keener should have a study on over the summer, I think, on num- numerology in the Bible. Start working on that. Um, yeah, he's doing math right now, right? <laughs> um, and, of course, we, 40 is sort of the fulfillment of things. And interestingly enough, in preparing this for you t- tonight, uh, in one of the books I was reading, they noticed that we are told of three temptations. And oftentimes, after three, it's complete, biblically. So even though we know the devil goes on to to tempt him, this moment is now complete as it goes on to something else. So yeah, fascinating stuff uh, in there as well.
2: Yeah, Pete? And then we'll go on to look a little more deeper at Luke 4, 1 to 13.
0: If we say Jesus is both God and man, yeah. it seems to me that uh, all of the temptations that are accounted for here are aimed at breaking the man's side of Jesus' nature. In each case, he's offering him power, just three different uh, flavors of power. You know, power to change something into something else, um, worldly power, and then the power to command and ultimately vanity, I guess, out of that too. But uh, it seems to me he knows he can't break the, the God side or the God nature of Christ. So let's break the man side, if I can break
1: that. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective that I hadn't thought about. Um, however, as I, as I think about it, you can make a case for both on some level. Uh I, certainly you've played out for us the, the the human part of it. Um however you could also say um if I can expose your divinity it will end your track to um uh, to the cross. So uh go ahead and make food, right? Because only a god could do that. Uh or um, uh, all this could be yours. It already is. Right. (laughs) Uh, but probably best seen I think is on the pinnacle in Jerusalem where God resides, right? Here we see, uh, in essence, expose yourself in some way to who you are. So interesting. I I'd love to open that up a little bit as well. And so maybe Maybe we will in the future, but for today let's go back to chapter four verses one to thirteen, and let's dive into this a little bit more, and maybe we'll see that played out as well a little bit more uh too so in this context, we do see this comparison to the testing uh of Israel in the wilderness um, and so and what we'll see over and over again is the comparison of how Israel fails, and Jesus succeeds. Why? Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. Jesus is the one who comes to do what we can't do. And this event plays that out for us. So, some examples for you. Uh, the people of Israel are divinely led into the wilderness. Deuteronomy eight 2, And we see that Jesus is divinely led into the wilderness as well. To John's point, we know that they're in the wilderness for the good number 40, right? Uh, And we see here 40 days for Jesus. That's Exodus 16, Luke 4. Um, Israel in the Old Testament, particularly, they're the children of God. They're the chosen people. They've been set apart for this task. Jesus is the Son of God who has been set apart for this task. And... Uh, interesting, some comparison here. Uh, oh, I wrote, I wrote a little note here. PBH says Jesus is a better child <laughs> than the others. Um, and then also, Jesus is full of the Spirit, and he follows the Spirit's guidance. Israel, in Isaiah 63, we learn, rebels and grieves the Holy Spirit. And so you've got this tension, and what What's so beautiful about this in Lent is it's revealing the fallen nature of humanity versus the the victorious nature of God. The things we could not do, Christ has come to do for us. And so we can put ourselves in each of those situations. Do we follow the Lord's leading? Um, As the children of God, do we obey him or do we walk in disobedience? And do we let the Spirit guide us into living the life that he would have us live? Or do we grieve the Spirit? Do we moan about the Spirit? Do we complain about the Spirit in our lives? Good question to ask in Lent. So the first section, Luke 4, 1-4, to is the food section, right? Jesus is hungry. He was really hoping for a number one Chick-fil-A sandwich with American cheese, Large fry and a diet lemonade. Because if you get a diet lemonade, you can get a large fry. That's how that works, Pastor Keener. So, yeah, a waffle fry. So it, it, it works anywhere. If you get a Diet Coke at McDonald's, you can get a supersized fry. Anything diet means more fries, okay? Um, take that to the bank. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus. So Jesus is fasting. I hope none of you have given up fries, by the way. Um, and um, he needs food. He needs food. Uh, so the question now is, will Jesus follow the leading of the Spirit, or um, will he trust that God is the provider of his needs?
2: Now, listen, bless you. That is easy That is easy to say uh, when you're not hungry. Be clear about that. And hunger has
1: a way of softening convictions. We read this in our new member class all the time in the book from Max Locato. Uh, He chose the nails. It's about a, a young woman who leaves her father and is on her own, and she ends up having to work at a strip club, and it goes against her convictions. But hunger has a way of softening convictions. So don't think of this only as Jesus being hungry right, that he just needs a couple chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A. That's two, by the way. Uh, no, he, he is being tempted as to what will ultimately his desire be. Uh, the devil, as I said, doesn't deny who he is but wants to ex- exploit who he is. And so then Jesus responds opposite as the people of Israel in Deuteronomy 8. In Deuteronomy 8.3, we see the people of God grumbling about their hunger and wondering if God even cares about them to provide for them because even though He's freed them, they, He's left them in this terrible state. So, Jesus' words, man does not live on bread alone, connects to that event. And, and we see the decision that Jesus makes. The decision Jesus makes is. I'm just fine. If you're reading the Red Letter Challenge, which is the book uh, that we're using for our devotional throughout the season of Lent, it uh, was it yesterday or the day before we read about consuming the Word of God, and Ezekiel,
2: Ezekiel is told by God to consume it, to eat it, and when he eats it, it tastes like
1: honey. Now, I read that, and then I licked the pages of my Bible. It wasn't quite the same. It didn't have that honey taste. Uh, what, is God, what is Ezekiel trying to tell us? That not only is the word of God uh, good but, but or useful, but it's good. It, it's, got a, it's got a flavor um, for you in your living and this to Jim's point at the beginning here tonight this is what G- this is what we learn about a week of being that the word of god needs to be the center of your being with christ because it's through the word of god that not only do we hear the lord speak
2: but it's our sure defense that's our go-to in the midst of temptation, in
1: the midst of trials, in the midst of sadness, in the midst of difficulties. Pastor, what's the psalm that you tell people to read when you do care visits? Psalm Psalm 30, right? We, we leave people with that word as they depart in peace to go about their sickness or their healing or whatever it is that may be there. So... You want to be with Christ? Here He is. You want to be with God? Here He is. I think I've said this to you before. Pat, uh, president Newness, the president of Concordia, Bronxville, New York, he was at a youth gathering, I think, years ago. One of the speakers, and he uh, he had the whole twenty five thousand kids, had them all be quick. He goes, "Hey, do you hear the Lord? Do you hear the Lord? I hear Him." <laughs> He's doing this. And if you met President Nunes, he can do it in a much more effective way than I can. Uh, but was powerful. So then we get to the next section, which is, um, the next section is, oh, you can have the whole world. Right? So, hey, Jesus, come up with me, and um, I want you to see all the kingdoms around us. As far as you can see, they can be yours if you just what? Just worship me. now couple interesting points here. If there were some Romans around listening to this, they might be slightly offended. Because as far as they're concerned, those kingdoms are theirs. (laughs) Let's be very clear about that. One. Two, you could make the case, and we'll make it again at the end, that these are
2: not the devils to give. Or are they? Because... Uh, We live in a fallen world,
1: and he is the ruler, if you will, of this world, Scripture tells us. Um, So we're going to really want to examine Christ's response to this. Uh, God's purpose is to grant Jesus an everlasting kingdom. Luke 1, 32 to 33, we see that. So the devil proposes to displace Jesus as the benefactor of this eternal reign. Right, so this is, this
2: is so you get a sense of why the devil is doing this. If I can convince you Jesus to take all this, then you won't have that.
1: And by the way, that displaces him from his divine authority, too. However, the devil is not God. And I think this is important for you to remember. What Jesus is offered is a shabby
2: substitute for the divine sonship that is already his. (laughs) So think about it for a second. You have a Rolls Royce. And a guy comes to you and says, listen, you can have these four Ford escorts. They're all
1: yours. Pre-owned with our 11-point
2: check. These could all be yours if you just follow me. Right? This is sort of what he's being offered, (laughs) just so you know.
1: Oh, you gave me a good... Thank you. Number three, I'll throw in lunch
2: at Chick-fil-A. Number... Jan... You can skip the new member class. You already are a member.
1: (laughs) So he would be denying himself for a lowly substitute. So Jesus responds not with what may or may not be his. I love this. But by acknowledging that all is already God's. Therefore, he is to be worshiped. This is why Pastor Zender is using this text. Everything is the Lord's, and therefore, the Lord is to be worshipped and adored. So as you consider your life, and as you consider a week of being, being with Christ, having Christ be the center of your life, this should give you the hope and the confidence of setting aside your idols. And setting aside those other things that you tend to worship and adore rather
2: than God. Anything else is a shabby substitute. This is what we're hearing in this Luke passage. And then, of course, uh, yes, Greg, hold on. Krista, we're back on. When you say being, God is known to be truly
0: God and truly man. Yes. And when the devil tries to separate the part that he could potentially, because it's the weakest part, he's trying to take him out of being who he
1: is. Absolutely. This goes with what we've with some of the comments before, right? Which is if I can just get
2: Christ to not be Christ, I will win. So let's make this about you for a moment.
1: Uh, As far as I know, uh, you are, you are baptized and in your baptism, you have been made a child of God. You are a new creation. And so what the devil says is, if I can just get
2: you, not to be what God has made you to be, then I've succeeded. And I'm going to be honest with you. I am a poor, miserable sinner where often I am not who God has made me to be. Oh, I try
1: to convince myself that I'm better than that. I put on a collar and a nice black shirt and I uh, write a sermon or a Bible study, but there are times where I am knocked off of my baptismal graces. And therefore, we rejoice in the gift of repentance, the, the gift of confession and absolution, the gift of the community of faith, where we can gather together and say, oh, wait a minute, I'm all, I'm off here. I need, a, I need an adjustment so I can get back on. Uh, the, my baptismal promises are secure. <laughs> it's just a matter of whether I'm back at them or not. But this is what the devil is trying to do. As we get to D, let me just give you one little uh, thing about the last part, because then we've got to be done to finish our service. 9 to 12, the devil does
2: quote Scripture, but he misquotes it. Similar to the first test, Jesus is committed to God's eternal agenda.
1: The devil has another test of, a d- of divine judgment as he plays out in 91. However, the devil overlooks the critical reality that the psalm is addressed to those who through their fidelity to God reside in God's presence. Even in the psalm, faithful obedience to God is the controlling need. And the devil takes that
2: out so that he can replace himself and say, let me be in control of this. T. Jesus was not alone. He was led by the Spirit. Yes. And if you go to one more verse, it says Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Yes. Can you talk about that?
1: I thank you and would have known you would have brought up the Holy Spirit today. Um, so, yes, the, there's not much to talk about other than that. That this whole event, from start to finish, is centered on the spirit of the living God being the source of strength and life for Jesus, right? I'm, I'm, kid- I'm kidding to it, D. So, <laughs> and therefore, with that, the word speaks, has power, right? With that, he can trust in God. With that, he can do the things God commands commands him to do and we rejoice that that same spirit is ours and it is that same spirit that gives us power that same spirit that gives us strength you are the temple of the holy spirit and so not in this week of being rejoice god resides in you and again, I would say if you're feeling off kilter of that, it's not because God has left you. It's because we typically have left him, and we need to think about that. But it is the Spirit who will give us life, the Spirit who will give us faith. And, and so this is what it means in the Lenten season to really reflect upon who we are and, and who God has made us to be. We have the power of the Word of God, the, the very voice of God, at our fingertips. Therefore, we should read it and know it and digest it. We, we have the security of an eternal promise fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Friends,
2: the kingdoms of this world will fall away. They're all it's all Ford Escorts. By the way,
1: I had a Ford Escort that I bought in Flat Rock, Michigan, where they made it. How many of you can say that, Jim, right? Had a little sticker on it, made in Flat Rock. I'm like, huh, I live in Flat Rock, look at me. I don't quite have a Rolls Royce yet. Am I, no, keep dreaming, okay. Uh, yeah, so, I got into that, I forgot I was going. Oh, yeah, uh, we, we so often
2: settle for the Ford Escort when God gives us so much greater. And finally, uh, here,
1: um, we need to trust uh, in the power of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit, as testimony that Christ is with us and that he welcomes us to be with him.
0: Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and His people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us
2: on the web at kogva.org.